0: Buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, 2 longtime long-time Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here from RE-MAX. And Gary, good afternoon. How are you today?
1: Well, Jim, we're doing well up here. Uh, but I'm going to go on, out on a limb here and say we're not as warm as you.
0: No, it's pretty warm down here. So I'm in uh, Punta Gorda, Florida, where I've moved to. And uh, yeah, it's about 80, let's see what it is. It's 85 degrees right now. Um, so it's not bad. Well, you're probably, 86 just you're probably
1: 20 degrees warmer than us. Um,
0: yeah, I heard it's nice there. It's not bad. I got a couple of deals that I'm closing out up north, and, uh, yeah, so I've been in touch with people up north. And so, yeah, I know it's, it's not, not a bad day today. Yeah. The day that we're recording. So, yeah.
1: Well, we've got a couple of um, old topics that you and I have talked about that have been in the news here the past week up here in the Twin the Twin Ports. Gary.
0: Yes. Gary, I just want you to know that I, I do read the paper, so I'm up to speed. I know exactly what you're going to talk about, and I read about it, and it's interesting. Well, the,
1: you know, the Cozy Bar. We'll start with the Cozy Bar, because that's back yep. in the news. And, you know, the city was ordered by, by the uh, judge to stabilize that building and dump some more money into it to, to keep it stable so it doesn't fall in or do whatever. And um, the city has now challenged. I'm maybe not challenging it, but they've filed a motion to uh, uh, rehear that case uh, because, in the in the minds of the, of the city, this building isn't salvageable. Right. And to have to go dump a couple hundred grand in this thing just to stabilize it is obviously. You know, we're looking at it here for the general public and saying, "Boy, that makes zero sense." Um, the uh, I believe the city is probably of the same mind that this makes zero sense to do this, um, but the um, uh, the former owners of it and the people that are, have filed this this lawsuit um, are moving ahead, saying this is what we, we want. And so far, the courts have have you know put a hold on the demolition of this and um, are letting this process play itself out. Uh, You know, I don't know where this is going to go and what the actual outcome of it is going to be, but, you know, I drive by that place a lot. And, you know, we're talking about this has been going on for several years. How long can the city be held hostage for a building that obviously, in my opinion, has to come down? Right, it just has to be come down. It it, 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 The to me, the integrity of it has been compromised so much that it's just not worth it. And there, there have been. You have to remember, you go back several years on this thing. They put this out there for people to redevelop, you know, historic tax credits, all that stuff. I mean, nobody's right. done it. Nobody wants to do it, but yet here we are.
0: Yep. And you can't, I mean, you can't revert to the former owner because, I mean, you got to pay your real estate taxes, you know, in square one. But the thing is, is that to me, what is what is so disturbing about this is, is obviously Duluth has other issues going on. I mean, the big talk about Spirit Mountain and, um, you know, adding funds into uh, the Spirit Mountain to just, you know, kind of revitalize and, and, and get it going again um, better than it is. I mean, all these ideas are floating around, and there's 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 no shortage of uh, lack of of funds available. So for the city to have to put money into this place, um, like their you know the numbers that they're talking, uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And you're right, they're gonna tear it down. I mean, it's just getting worse and worse. Um, you know, I, I you know I'm wondering uh, it'd be ugly as ugly could be, but why couldn't they put a big fence around it?
1: I believe there's there's a part of the roof system that's, that is, that um, uh, is y- you know, collapsing and, and some of the integrity of some of those walls, the top part of those walls anyways, are certainly compromised. And so putting a fence around it is keeps, you know, p- people away and maybe if something falls, it'll fall within that zone. But stabilizing the building so it can't become more weathered uh, or, or whatever. Is is I think what the what they're getting at here. So,
0: but but this they just have to. I mean, the the court has to pay more attention to the condition of the building when it's considering these choices. You know, I mean, nobody's going to save it. I mean, they they just come on some common sense here. This is just my opinion, of course. Well, I think the city. I mean, I think think of that, Gary. Well, the
1: court. I think the court is. You know, they're following the law. And I think that if if these arguments right. or these you know motions fall within the scope of the law, uh, and and these people are arguing with 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 the different levels of the courts that they have, um, you know I just think that they're they're going by the you know what what the law says. So it's unfortunate because I think any anybody can can see that this building is well. That's my point. Not salvageable, it- but. I just don't see the, I don't think that falls in within what the court's charged to do here. I think they're just following the law on this stuff. But I got to believe that the judge drives by this thing a lot. And he looks and he's probably just shrugs his shoulder and saying, well, you know.
0: Well, then how about this for an idea? I mean, what is more important on the docket for the city of Duluth, the county of St. Louis, than getting this resolved? I mean, why can't they fast track You know, get back into court to just say, look, this thing is done. It's got to go. I mean, I just I'm I'm thinking that there's just all these time that is taken is just is just ridiculous. And and it's very hurtful to the taxpayers.
1: Well, I think the people that are are moving ahead with this this uh, uh, challenging this, I think they got to put up more bond money. Uh, and I think that that should be right. that's just to me a no brainer. It's like, hey, if you guys are going to pursue this go. and you want to do this, well, put some more money up because ultimately, at the end of the day, you you are the folks that are 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 moving this down the road. We, we the city want to tear this down. You guys are putting up all these roadblocks, so you put up the money, and that's got to be part of this equation. I mean, and right. I think this they were talking probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred grand, a hundred thousand dollar bond, so.
0: I, I, I so think, would that renumerate the city of Duluth regardless of what happens?
1: I think that there's some uh, uh, recourse that they're going to get some of that money. I mean, yeah. I think that that, right. that was yeah. certainly talked about in the in the last uh, amount of money that they put up uh, that
0: the city. So when's the deadline on? Uh, is that such a thing, or is this just your idea?
1: I no, they're I certainly talking about bond. that. Yeah, that's that's one of the city's arguments is that they they should put up more bond money. And I think right. this is. I, I, I don't know when this will be resolved and when the, when this hearing is going to take place, but um, uh, hopefully this is resolved soon because it's, it's like every other month this thing is in the news again, and it's just got to be it's it's something you know that we look at and we just simply say, come on, you know, we're doing we're we're pumping. Uh, a, 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 between $1 and $2 billion, Jim, uh, a couple blocks away. Right. And we're revitalizing this whole area down there. And then we as a city have to simply put up with this blight and a dilapidated building because a small group of people oppose it being torn down, and they don't even own it.
0: Right, exactly. They have no
1: interest in this thing other than the historical significance. I get frustrated at this stuff, but um, at the same time, too, uh, let it play out. See what happens, because at the end of the day, then nobody can say, hey, we didn't go through the process. We didn't vet everything out here. And, um, you know, if they're going to renovate it, great. But if they're not, get it torn down. Um, let something else be built there or turn it into some more city parking. But at some point, I think this place is, is got to go.
0: Right. If that becomes a vacant lot, you combine that with um, any adjacent property. I mean, you might have a nice spot there to have something constructed. You know, I mean, things are good. You you mentioned what's going up, you know, a couple of blocks away. I mean, there's going to be probably a need for uh, something there um, based on just increase in uh, number of bodies in the area. I mean, I think that uh, Duluth is being revitalized downtown wise. I think the COVID thing. Um, was maybe a hiccup on that. But, I, you know, with what's going on, I, I think that that would be a valuable piece of real estate to get something going on in that area.
1: Well, let's hope so. Let's keep our fingers crossed that ultimately that building gets torn down, but they're certainly playing out this process. And to have to have, to have the city pump that kind of money into this place just to stabilize it, I, I really believe that the, um, uh, the people should put up bond money that are, that are prolonging this. And uh, that that if they don't prevail, then that money should go to the city to recoup their costs. Um, and and I hope that's what happens. I mean, I hope that if, if they put your money where your mouth is, you guys want this done, so you put up the bond money, and let's see what happens.
0: There you go. All right. Hey, Gary, before we go any further, why don't you give us your phone number so people know where they can get a hold of you?
1: I'm at 218
0: all right, folks. And if you want to reach me, my number is still 218-348-7653, although I work for a company now called REMAX Anchor Realty.
1: And I work for REMAX Results up here in the Twin Ports, and um, we are a REMAX family, Jim. we got a couple minutes in this segment to go, but um, uh, I want to just touch briefly on the mortgage interest rates, Jim. Mortgage interest rates bumped up here yesterday. And uh, for a 30-year fixed conventional, you can get a, a 3.125 interest rate. Uh, if you want a uh, 20-year, it's 2.875. And uh, 15-year, you can still get a great rate at uh, 2.375. Uh, your FHA and VA loans, they're running a little bit higher. Uh, they're at like 3.125. So rates are good, Jim. I think that the refi has uh, bumped down a little bit. The, re- the applications for for a, a refinancing your properties has certainly gone down, and uh, that's I think that's to be expected. I mean, it was been so massive the last year and a half that uh, you're not going to be able to keep that type of a volume up. Right. For exactly. refis.
0: Yep. That's for sure. Um, so the the rates are. Um, do you think they're going to continue to go up, or do you think they're going to uh, level off again? Well, I think
1: they're going up. Yep. I mean, I think this is a trend. I mean, look what's been going on uh, on here with a uh, uh, gas, obviously, is like exploding oh, yeah. and uh, food, and uh, yeah. You know, I, mean, I think inflation is here. It's back. It's roaring. And uh, you know, when it uh, uh, when it comes to housing. Um, uh, I think that that's going to be effective. Jim, we got to take our first break here. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show right here in KDL 610, and we'll be right back.
0: Maintain your... Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodding and Gary Callagher here from REMAX. And Gary, why don't we start off by having you give out your phone number again.
1: I can be reached at 218-390-0615.
0: And I am at two one eight three four eight seven six five three. Number stays the same. Location is a little bit different in Punta Gorda, Florida.
1: Yeah, and we so want to period. remind everybody that Jim's down in, in Florida now. And, folks, if you're thinking about moving down there or buying a house, uh, you're a snowbird um, and you like that area, he's just north of Fort Myers uh, where the twins have their spring training camp, uh, give give him a call. I mean, he's he's. Actually owned a house down there for quite a few years, so he knows the area quite well. And it can be uh, a great resource for anybody that wants to come down there and, and invest in some real estate and live down there in the winter while it's freezing cold up here.
0: All right. Wow. I should, like, put that on a commercial, Gary, and run it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, you know, it's it's very healthy market down here. It's, it's overstimulated for sure. And we're going to talk about some statistics in, in Florida and in Duluth. So why don't I start out first, Gary, because I'm going to give you some stats about the little area that I work in that will kind of knock your socks off. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, so this is for Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte. Um, did, did you so, did you figure out what the population was down in that area? Um. Uh, yeah, as far as the MLS goes, no. It's probably going to be uh, – uh, I would say maybe a little bit larger than the twin ports, if if that. Not much. It's probably even smaller. So I would I would consider it similar in, in that kind of a in that kind of a demographic. But I'll I have to look that up. But these stats are very interesting. So this is a, this is the first quarter all the way through uh, all the way up to March of 2021 compared to the same uh, March of 2020, and uh, the the differences are staggering. So the average sale price is three hundred and thirty-five thousand, three hundred and thirty-six thousand, up from two hundred and seventy-nine thousand. So that's up twenty percent over last year. The volume, the volume is one hundred and seventy million versus one hundred and eighteen million last year, which is a whopping forty-four percent higher. Um, the the dollar amount received, percentage wise, is hundred percent of the list price. Um, That really hasn't changed from last year. Uh, The time to get the contract signed is 15 days versus what it was last year was 49. So that is a huge increase. And Gary, getting down to the active inventory, two more stats here. Active inventory, there are 324 active listings in the entire system here. As opposed to last year, there at this time, there was
1: 1,247,
0: wow. 74%. Yeah, 74% difference. And what that equates to is there is a 0.8 month of supply of real estate on the market right now.
1: That's a seller's market for sure, Jim. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no
0: question about it. I mean, people are asking whatever they want, and there's, there's a lot of cash deals down here. So, people are paying it. And so the appraisers around here are having a hard time keeping up um, to the point that they're having like an appraiser conference next week um, with the realtors at the realtor association. I'm going to go because they, what they want to do is they want to talk to people about what happens um, with the appraisal process and uh, why the values don't always match the sale prices if they need an appraisal. So, I think they're they're kind of answering, um, you know, a statistic that uh, realtors do not like appraisals right now in some cases.
1: Are they having appraisal issues down there?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are they shorting That's why them or? Everybody's looking for cash offers if that if it exists, you know.
1: Okay. You know, because I talked to an appraiser, oh, two, three weeks ago, and and basically asked him. I said. Well, what are you guys doing about all these multiple offers and the, the price run-ups that are going on? And mm-hmm. um, he indicated to me that he really wasn't having a problem with it.
0: Yeah, and um, well, I, I don't know. So do you know what the quarter-over-quarter quarter increase in the market in, in Duluth and Superior is? Because I think down here the biggest problem is it's, it's like a 21% uptick in the first quarter. You know, I mean, that's crazy. Well,
1: I haven't checked the the quarterly stats. I've got year to day stats, but um, right. I they they've got to be up. I mean, because this this right, winter exactly. selling season was unlike anything I think we've ever seen. You know, when you go yeah. back into the late January and and into February, when it's like, oh my gosh, this is April type volume that's going on, and so I'd be really surprised if our if our quarterly stats and that especially in that first quarter were down. They've they've got to be up. Because that's how that's how active it was. But one thing that that uh, an agent indicated to me last week on a um, uh, she had the listings this listing she had eight offers on it, and you know how we've been dealing with issues like you know people are waiving their inspections, uh, making up the uh, appraisal difference, that type of stuff. She yep. said all eight offers came in, none of them had waived their inspection.
0: Wow. Yep. So, I think You'd think somebody would have. Yeah.
1: Well, I think we're we're, you know, hopefully people are coming back to their senses and just saying, hey, you know, this is just too risky for us. And and I gotta believe that we we've, we've had some problems w- with that, um, but I haven't certainly haven't heard of any. But um, boy, a couple of of transactions that I've been involved with as the listing agent and you know, people have been willing to waive their inspection, um, you know, which is in, in one particular case, we took the offer that waived the inspection and that they, they didn't want to go through with it. We went back to the, the one of the other offers and they wanted their inspection. And, you know, at the end of the day, as this, the sellers had to make some concessions on that particular property, but, yep. but we all agreed that we were really happy that the inspection uncovered what it did, even though they were, they were, they didn't want to concede this uh, on the, on the requests. They were really happy that, it, that everything got resolved because, you know, even though somebody may waive their inspection, right? I mean, if somebody can certainly prove that somebody misrepresented something or something like that, you could just have a whole can of worms. Um, it. it it, it it made I think that gave everybody a peace of mind, both the buyers and sellers. You know, I think had this peace of mind is like, wow, we didn't know that that was wrong with the house, you right. know, and 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 the buyers still want to buy it. So yeah, we'll we'll put this all together, um, and uh, and and uh, keep this thing going. And I think that that they were that they were happy with that, you know.
0: Well, you know, I mean, think about it also. I mean, if you've got, um, it's common now for them to waive home inspections, but, um, in the aggressive market that we're in, even if there is a home inspection, I don't think a buyer is going to ask for much. And, And it's more of an eye opening opportunity for both buyer and seller. And it's a real deep disclosure, um, you know, on the house itself. So I, I, I still think that it's, uh, it's it's certainly not a deal killer you know cuz most people are going to go well i don't want to get back in that line of trying to find another house so i'll just settle with that you know if there's something wrong with the place you know well um, the
1: other thing that that we have to remember here when 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 this kind of stuff happens and i think a lot of people miss this fact when when you disclose things on your property you do it to the best of your knowledge Exactly. You know, I mean, if you don't know a problem exists, you simply can't disclose it. But if you sell your house and you and you allow an inspection, and the buyer has an inspection, and then they uncover these issues, the what we have to do as agents is we then have to amend our disclosure statements and let everybody know that this this exists and we we did that you can't like just simply say oh hey you're 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 going to take this now as is you know yada 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 no we have a right. very structured process on how we have to do this so everybody is aware that this problem exists we amend our disclosure statements and uh and we, and we put all that in there and and have people sign it uh, because if a seller disclose, doesn't disclose something that's uncovered during an inspection, that's a disclosure issue. And, and so these are important parts of the process that I, I don't think gets handled correctly sometimes, Jim, in process uh, up here in the Northland. And so um, uh, taking care of that type of stuff and protecting our clients, very important.
0: Yep, Exactly. Uh, and you know, even if the seller did not want to disclose anything, you know, we as agents obviously always have to disclose. If we on a know about it. disclosure, I mean, we have the, we have the the absolute duty to disclose whatever it is that we see. So, and when then the home inspection comes up, yeah, it has to be disclosed to everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we we don't. If we don't know a problem exists, I mean, we just simply, how do we disclose it? And that's that's one of those things with real estate is, is if you know it exists, yeah, you, you're you better off disclosing it. Uh, if you don't know it exists, how can you disclose it? But, you know, we also have as part of our disclosures a um, what's called a um, disclosure alternative where that waives the requirement to provide the purchaser with the uh, seller's property disclosure statement. But that doesn't alleviate a seller from misrepresenting something that they may know, and so right. I think you got to be real careful about these disclosure issues. And um, uh, and then I guess getting back to the point of this thing is is like, is the market starting to to change a little bit to where people are saying no, we're not going to forego the for, the inspection anymore. You know, we don't care. We want to inspect it. Um, and and you know and and I don't know, but I thought that was a very interesting comment by this agent this this week that um that all of eight offers on one property all of them had the inspection request so there you go
0: i I think that's yeah that's good we're getting back to uh getting back to kind of normal and it's also um there's also some news that that says that the the market actually might be looking at slowing down uh, in the near future. Um, and uh, there's a couple of them. One of them says that the mortgage boom is failing. I'm just looking at some headlines here, Gare. Um, and then, you know, bad news for house hunters. Hiring has slowed for construction workers. It's because they say that the, they think the residential construction sector is going to be pumping the brakes based on job numbers and even despite the demand for homes. So,
1: Well, there's some some of this housing uh crunch that we're in right now they've they attribute a little bit to the the housing recession um you know that started 2007 2008 and the lack of new homes being built during that you know six-year period that we were in that recession that housing recession and this is the market just catching up to itself uh and and new home construction just it 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 can't catch up, and we can't. Right. We can't meet the demand out there for housing right now, uh, and and it's it could be several years, Jim, according to some people, that before we get into a a stable market. And uh, interesting article posted this week um, uh, talked about a property out in Seattle uh, that was listed for seven hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. And this one set of buyers made an offer that was four hundred thousand dollars over hmm. the list price, with waiving, wow. waiving all contingencies.
0: If I owned that place, I'd say let's close it fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't you think? Wow. Well, I, I mean, it's 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 th- this article was written, and it was like, are we in a bubble? Are we in a housing bubble? Are is this bubble about to burst? That's,
0: I think it's. I think it's. a I think it's a good question.
1: Well, I think it's legit. I mean, I, I, I think you you've got you've got the frenzy that's going on, very similar to what was going on in the early two thousands. And I think this. I'm going to go on a limb and say this is more of a frenzy. This is stuff that's unlike I anything right. we've
0: seen. All right, here and, you know just to prove that. Um, I I have the state of Florida stats year over year, March of 2021 versus March of 20. I've got some numbers right in this state that I think will will astound you. So closed sales, 32,000, 33,000 versus last year was 27,000, that's 23%. Paid in cash, uh, 9,400 versus 6,400, that's up 47%. But listen to this one. The dollar volume of the year-over-year sales in the state of Florida this year, sixteen point eight billion dollars. Last year, nine point nine billion, which is a sixty-nine point seven percent increase. I think that that is coronavirus and all kinds of other kind of crazy things coming to coming to uh, to head along with you know frenzied buying. Um, that yeah. Well, listen That's to this one.
1: Listen to this one. This is uh, this article I was reading. And it, uh, are we in a bubble? And some people think that we may be in a bubble, but they don't think that we're in a a, a crisis in terms of a bubble. And here's here's one of the reasons why. The millennials, remember, we've been talking about millennials yep. forever. Yep. And the amount of millennials that exist is in the 125 million range. Right. There's going to be five million millennials turning the thirty for every year for the next several years. <laughs> that they say is the prime age where people become house buying consumers. That's right. So if we across the country, we have got about a minute left. If we across the country, Jim, sell five to six million houses annually. And we've got five million new people coming in every year for the next several years, plus the everybody else that exists. What does that tell you?
0: Yeah, there's 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 a need. Well, there there's the a need. demand. So there's going to be a demand. Be a reset of value somewhat, but it's going to be it's got to be effective by the interest rates. Then most of most of all, if interest rates go up a lot higher, then that's going to kill the ability to purchase. I would think.
1: Well, it'll it'll. Uh, weed some people out of the marketplace, and yes, right. that will happen. Uh, Jim, we're on our second break here. We got to take a, a quick break here, folks. You've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show right here on KDL six ten a.m. Jim, Ronnie, and Gary, Callagher here, and we'll be right back.
0: Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim, Ronnie, and Gary, Callagher from Remax. I'm from Remax Anchor Realty which is in Florida. I still have the same number. And if you want to buy a house out of Florida or find out anything more in real estate about Florida, give me a call, 218-348-7653. And Mr. Callagher, if you wouldn't mind giving out your digits.
1: Yeah, up here in the, in the uh, Twin Ports here, you can reach me at 218-390-0615. Be happy to help uh, give a value of your house or if you're buying a house. Um, give me a call. So, yeah, Jim, we've been talking about this market and, you know, not only locally but nationally and uh, uh, what's going to happen with it. And, and again, I don't – the other thing to consider here is real estate is local in nature. So, you know, you can live in one area of the country that's really depressed and losing jobs and doing whatever, and the real estate's not doing good. Um, But in in a neighboring state, things are booming. And so how real estate affects – Individual areas, I think, is all uh, something to, to think about as well, because I think you know, if you've got jobs, you've got development, you've got a lot of activity going on. I think your real estate markets are going to be fine, you know. But if you are living in an area that maybe is losing jobs and and uh, not doing so well, then real estate areas could be um, uh, affected negatively. So.
0: Well, and I can give you I can give you an example of that exactly. So, um, you know, they say that a real estate transaction itself. Do you remember what it was? But it was how many jobs are created by real estate transactions alone? Do you remember remember us talking about that? Yeah, absolutely. I
1: don't remember the numbers. You know, I remember the dollar amount. It was was ridiculous. I thought
0: really that many jobs. You know, Um, but uh, then add into that um, new housing construction. Okay. So down here, there are so many builders, you can't believe it. And um, there are so many housing tracks that are going up in certain stages that, again, it, it just blows the mind. Um, so the, the market down here is crazy. The employment, they can't find anybody to work at some of these places. If, if anybody wants a job, it's just so easy to find a pretty dang good job down here because everybody seems to be working in the state of Florida. So, um, and that's because I think because real estate, I mean, people want to move here and to live here and, and, or, or to buy a second home or whatever. So I, I, I agree with exactly what you said.
1: I have a question for you. Are you sure. able to buy gas down there?
0: Yeah. Um, it's funny. It wasn't front page of the paper, um, that, uh, you know, people are, are hoarding on gas Um, but uh, I haven't seen any signs of people running out of gas here yet, although there are some pictures in the paper of stations that say they have no gas. Now, Gary, you and I, we lived in a time where such signs were were out all the time. Remember that? You
1: mean back in the early 70s? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: uh, Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Yep. And we were going to run out of oil by the year 2000.
0: Yep. But, you know, the, the, the interesting thing or that I, maybe I should call it the scary thing is so this was a minor cyber attack on a pipeline and pipelines have been in the news up north for how long? Right. Um, people don't want, you know, Enbridge to replace, you know, line three or whatever it is, you know, all these lines. And here there's a cyber attack on one of them shuts it down. They shut it all down as a precaution, which is I'm sure they're required to do um, and look at the impact that that little event is having. So, I mean, geez, I think that it just bodes that we got to keep the infrastructure up on all of these pipelines because it is uh, seriously, um, (laughs) I mean, it would be scary if we ran into a point where uh, I think the gas shortage was something that was, you know, a real, real thing.
1: Well, hopefully it won't uh, be uh, too bad, but yeah. um,
0: um, can you can you tell I'm pro pipeline?
1: <laughs> well, they say it's the cheapest way to move gas, so it. Yeah, uh, I, I can see if people own railroads and they own uh, trucks and stuff like that, and and they 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 want to get those things working. Yeah, I get it, but um, it's unfortunate that that it has to happen like that.
0: Yeah. But Anyways. Anyway. So it's, it's very interesting how, how that can affect um, gas and, and more than that. I mean, I, I, I get that gas was going to go up in price. I knew that as soon as I read the article for the first time, right? And, and so did you. Um, but uh,
1: What's a gallon of it, gas for down there in your area?
0: Uh, well, on the front page of the paper, and I don't know if they picked the highest place. I see, Gary, I don't pay attention. To that. I just go fill it up. Uh, 285.
1: Yeah, that's what it is up here.
0: Yeah, so, um, but people are hoarding it, you know. They had people coming in filling, you know, all kinds of gas cans in the back of pickup trucks and all kinds of stuff. And it's just so nutty how people, well, anyway, it is what it is.
1: Jim, we have another uh, big story here in the city of Duluth this past week. And we didn't
0: give out any stats for Duluth, by the way.
1: Well, I will. I was going to do that in our last segment. Now I wanted to okay, right. touch base good, a little bit but about I want to, this. I want to hear them.
0: You You're got my source. You're my source now. Can all you right.
1: Um, the old Central High School. Yeah. You know, we tried to get I've Greg Fulmer on on this week, and he's out of town. And but uh, he's agreed to come on next week and talk a little bit about that. But that was a big deal this past week, uh, where the News Tribune had been pressuring the. Um, a school board to right. release the purchase agreement information and the school board w- wasn't going to do it, you know, and there are obviously laws out there that, uh, you know, allow that data once it's all been done, it has to be released. And um, uh, so they released the data and the, the old uh, Duluth central building had a selling price of $3 million.
0: Right.
1: Do you think that's low or do you think that's, about where it should be.
0: I think it sounds like a good number, but I mean, it's such a beautiful building and I can't tell you Gary that I've ever really, I I, I don't know that I've ever been inside. Um, I mean, I just know that the renovation on something like that is going to be significant. And especially with the historic uh, preservation things that are going to be going on. So $3 million to me sounds like a pretty dang good number. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it's low, quite frankly. But okay.
1: but they've also got a number in this article that the News Tribune uh, published this week uh, that the total cost of renovation is going to be about forty three million. So yeah, uh, right? you know you're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of a fifty million dollar project for a hundred and twenty five unit apartment building. Um,
0: that mm-hmm. um, do you want to try to make the cash flow on that work? <laughs> Could you get a 90-10 mortgage on that, you know, 10% down? I don't think
1: so. I don't <laughs> think so. But I, I, they, there's certainly some incentives that are going to be out there, yeah. though the uh, historic tax credits. Yeah. Uh, but I think that sunset's at the end of June. I think they have to get those in place before the end of June. And then this uh, developer has until um, basically the end of July to, you know, get out of this thing. And so – Right. You know where this all goes, I don't um I don't know where it's gonna go, but i I hope this developer buys it and I hope he renovates it and I hope he puts it back to to uh, good use but uh, I think the last well, time we had know. Greg in here they were, we were talking about a I think we were like up in the you know I, I think the News Tribune actually published that they thought the sale price should be somewhere around seventeen million for that building. so if that building's worth three million, somebody's willing to pay three million. What's the build the the central building up on the hill worth?
0: Well, and you've got all the. I mean, look, I was just going to say, make a joke, you know, about our guest next week, you know, Mister Fulmer. That, um, well, if it was going to, if this one was going to fall apart, Greg, you're familiar with fall apart contracts on big, <laughs> big projects, because you remember what what that was sold what three four years ago? Uh, maybe it wasn't that long. ago. Oh, it was longer now, um, I believe.
1: Huh? You mean for the for the uh, charter school that wanted to buy it?
0: No, no, no. I'm going way before that. When when they were going to develop it, but the uh, the costs of blasting and and um, things of that nature to to improve the property to get it to where they wanted, we, those costs were enormous. So that that party backed out. I can't remember. I think they built the they built the apartments on uh, London Road. Oh yes, yes, east. yes. I do recall yeah. that. Yep, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So it was because of those costs of improvement to the property that made those numbers not work in their mind, you know? So I think that when you look at a $17 million sale price, yeah, I mean, maybe 3 million is low, but if they're going to put $47 million into that building. Okay. I mean, it's, 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 that's a lot of money, a $50 million building. It's like, so, but what do I know about, you know, I I'm, I'm sorry, but seriously, as far as, uh, I, I haven't been in the building you you and I have not done an analysis on it. I don't know where the Tribune's getting the seventeen million dollar figure from
1: well, I've been in that building many times i mean i I used to go to school at the old Washington were you ever Did were you, you
0: ever in detention there?
1: I was never in detention, but um this uh, wasn't
0: one of the schools that you were in detention in no, or was that your brother
1: no I um I don't, I was <laughs> just a joke somewhat of a good kid I didn't get in too much trouble in school, but uh well. Oh. Oh. There was a paddle that was in, in one of our old teacher's office, <laughs> Mr. Wolwind. I think his name was Mr. Wolwind uh. in in Washington. And uh, if you did something wrong, you got to sign that paddle. And you know what oh. I mean by sign it.
0: Well, I remember when my my dad brought me to Cathedral for the first day and went right up to the principal and said, you can hit him if you want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ain't happening in this day and age. I can tell you that.
0: Oh no, I know that. But I, I still, I still love that thought, you know. And, and you know, it, I never got hit, so I, I understood.
1: Well, be interesting to have Greg on the show next week and uh, get his take you on bet. everything and see if he's got any insight information on us for us and. Uh, um, if you can give us any updates as to what's what's going to happen here. So, folks, uh, we're going to take our third break here. You're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show right here in KDL 610 AM. And Jim and Gary will be right back.
0: Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim and Gary Callagher here from REMAX. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at 218-348-7653. And the 7653 spells out Sold. Um but that's only for Florida real estate now. And otherwise you gotta call Gary. Gary, why don't you give us your phone number?
1: I'm at 218-390-0615. And real quickly, Jim, I want to talk about one of my listings. This is at 320 East Superior Street. Sale price is five hundred ninety-nine thousand uh, dollars. this is a five thousand square foot building that's right across the street from the new Essential Medical Campus. And it's really? got stunning views of the lake. Uh, there's there are two apartments on the top floor, um, and then there is office space or uh, manufacturing space, whatever you want to, you know, do on the Superior Street level sure. and on the Michigan Street level. And there's parking in back. And so this is a a great building in a excellent location. And if you want to take a look at this one, give me a call two one eight three nine zero zero six one five. Jim, we got some
0: stats uh, uh, for Jerry, Jerry, yes, I, I have I have a couple of questions on that building. Um, what was in there, or what is in there?
1: Well, there are, it's currently vacant, but the old uh, okay. Linder uh, piano—it was a piano place.
0: Oh yes, okay, yeah. Okay. And okay, it was yeah. that?
1: And then there are two apartments upstairs that are both rented. Um, so interesting property. If you're interested, give that's me a, a shout.
0: Great listing.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. fascinating to, to see what's right. going on down in that area.
0: That is an awesome spot. I'm sure that that's going to sell fast.
1: Jim, uh. Duluth stats, we got 104 active listings. Uh, we have sold so far, say, 300 homes in the uh, Duluth market only, average sale price of $261,000. And we currently have 207 properties that are under contract waiting to close. And in Superior, we have 20 active listings in the city of Superior. So far in Superior this year, we've sold 69 houses with an average sale price of, I'm going to say, 155, and currently have 30 homes under contract over across the bridge. Uh, and then one of the other markets, Jim, that's starting to come back to life a little bit, and what I mean by that is we're starting to see more activity, is the multifamily market. Uh, the multifamily right. market's been just stale. I mean, no new listings on the market. When a listing does come on the market, there's a frenzy. It sells. And so it's good to see that one coming back around. And we currently have eight active multifamily properties on the market in Duluth. And we've sold uh, 21 multifamily units so far this year with an average sale price, gym of $180,000. Just unheard of. Just unheard of. Uh, Over across the bridge in Superior, uh, seven active listings for multifamily units. And we've sold seven units so far this year over in Superior with an average share price of 147000 And, Jim, I've been saying this here for the last few weeks. Uh, okay. I talk about the Superior market across the bridge, and I, I compare it to the Denfeld market over in Duluth here. And the, and, and the point of this is, is that if you're a first-time homebuyer, there are some great deals over in Superior. There yeah, are there some is. really good value, really nice houses, and if you're entry-level and you're you're having trouble in Duluth and you're frustrated with the market and the prices are so high, you may want to look over there and just give it a a test run because boy oh boy, I've I've been in quite a few houses over there recently and I'm just really always just like, Wow, the value that you're getting over there is not bad and it's very similar in the Denfeld neighborhood where entry level, uh good houses and uh, not too bad prices.
0: Well, and I think the other thing when you talk about the spirit market is you can go up in price range, too. There's a lot of great neighborhoods over there. You know, um, I used to live in Shardy, um, the Shardy Drive development. It's a beautiful place, very affordable house, one acre lots. And then you can go out to Billings Park, you know, and you can be on the water um, in some of the best navigable uh, uh spaces that a person can have a boat and and that also when you compare the high end over across the bridge jim it's it's really a good value
1: we are out of time for this week okay folks you're tuned into the twin porch real estate show we'll be back next week right here on kdl 610 am thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next week